This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at craftsanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. This is episode 144 of the podcast, and I'm really excited about the topic because I am contacted all the time through my newspaper column and website by people in the community who are looking for a place to take their extra unwanted craft supplies and art supplies. These are things that they have piled in their basements or stuffed out in a storage room or under a bed somewhere or in a closet. Can you tell that I have a few extras around my house? (laughs) I know a thing or two about just containment issues with craft supplies. And you might go through a phase where you're really into working with yarn or working with fabric, and then you move on to something else. Unfortunately for me, I never move on to something else. I'm always dabbling in all these things. So I have stuff coming out of my ears that I actually do go back and use. I think all of us, if we look very closely at what we have piled around, definitely things can be weeded out. The cool thing is there is a place now in Grand Rapids It's called the Wise Maker Creative Reuse Store and Studio, and it's located inside the Geek Group, which is a maker space at 902 Leonard Street Northwest here in Grand Rapids. The powerhouse behind this really cool place is a fine artist by the name of Kelly Allen. So on this episode, I'm going to introduce you to Kelly and tell you how you can get involved in her project at the Geek Group. She is going to be teaching workshops on Wednesday nights. You can go there with friends to hang out in the studio or buy a bunch of things that she has available. She is also not only is she collecting unwanted usable art and craft supplies from people like you and I who have extra stuff around the house, she's also collecting things from local industry. So if there's little pieces of wood or pieces of leather or fabric samples, all these little bits and bobs are available for you to purchase for a nominal fee. The prices vary, but things are very, very cheap. You can walk out of there with a lot of stuff for 10 bucks. And if you're not local and you're not able to go to Grand Rapids and check this place out, don't feel bad because I think this story is still going to inspire you. Kelly is bringing a really interesting background to the mix, and I think it's fun to hear how people bridge that gap between art and craft and how some people are embracing skill sets on both sides of that divide and really making everyone feel welcome, like they can pull a chair up to our little virtual table here and be part of the conversation. Kelly is a fine artist who makes collages using paper and little images, and then she will paint a photorealistic painting of the collage. And then once she's done with the painting, she'll disassemble the collage, put those little papers and objects back into her her stash of things to make collages with. And the only lasting piece is the painting. So the collage is gone and the painting then becomes the final work of art. Kelly has experience as a gallery artist. She has exhibited across the country and also overseas. So she has a lot of experience and knowledge about art and craft and everything in between. So gather around and let's all have a listen to Kelly's story. 
First of all, I just want to thank you, Kelly, for joining me on the podcast and sharing the story of Wisemaker Creative Reuse Shop that uh, just opened in Grand Rapids. So congratulations on that. Uh, Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what Wisemaker is all about and what you're hoping to do over there at the Geek Group? Thank you very much. Um, I'm super excited to be talking to you today. Wisemaker is a creative reuse shop and studio. Like so we are basically like an arts and crafts thrift store with donated arts and crafts supplies from individuals and businesses. So we have um, great manufacturer scrap that's of high quality and usable for all all different art forms. I'm located within the Geek Group, which is a really wonderful place that's kind of a best kept secret here in Grand Rapids. It's a baker space on Leonard Street, just west of Alpine. This space is a 43,000 square foot building that used to be a YMCA, and now it's transformed into a maker space where we have lots of different incredible equipment and tools for members to come and use. You're giving people an opportunity to drop some things off, too. It's not just to purchase things. So if people are looking to maybe downsize their craft supply, it sounds like you might be able to help those folks too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Please um, bring us your old arts and crafts supplies that you don't want anymore because we want to make them available for people who do want to use them at a very low price. So, you know, we want to make creativity accessible for everyone and really promote reuse and using what we already have in either traditional or non-traditional ways. So yeah, bring your stuff on by. And is there any kind of process for that? I mean, should people call ahead uh, before they back a truck up to your location? Uh, what, would, <laughs> what would you like to happen so you can manage this? You can always email me. My email is kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at thegeekgroup.org and just let me know what you have. I still need to get like a decent website put together because I'm just open and it's all kind of been a big experiment. So in time, I will definitely have a provided list online for people to look and see what you can donate and what you can't donate. It's pretty basic, common sense. If it's arts and crafts supplies that you think other people can use, that'd be great. Some things that we cannot take are like little scraps of fabric. A lot of people want to bring those in because they're pretty, but Small pieces just really aren't usable for us right now. So we need some decent square pieces at least. Um, And then anything like broken glass and plates. I can't take anything like that right now. You know, but broken jewelry is fine. All kinds of things. We're we're really open, but no like old clothes or anything like that. Have you always been someone who was making things as a kid or is this something that you kind of got into later in life? Oh, no. Um, I was definitely born an artist. Um, I love to work with all different kinds of materials ever since I was a little kid. That's how I really kept myself occupied and had a lot of fun with that. My mom really nurtured my creativity, so I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, I've yeah I've done all kinds of things um, in the arts. So I started out in art school uh, focusing in fibers. I went to the Memphis College of Art for a little bit, um, and I uh, took up weaving there and experienced that. Um, I like to sew and do all kinds of craft-oriented things, but then I uh, went to Humboldt State University in Northern California, moved up there, and I fell in love with painting, and I got my BA in painting there. And then I moved back to Grand Rapids, 
2003 and started exhibiting my work in uh, what was Arcadia Gallery then, um, and then that turned to Burnbone Gallery. And then I went to grad school at Kendall. I got my MFA in drawing, and I began working for Burnbone Gallery in addition to showing my work there. I was the assistant director, um, and then I uh, participated um, in different teaching opportunities and lead artist opportunities at places like the UICA, Cook Arts Center, things like that. After I got out of grad school, soon after I moved to San Francisco, I had developed this body of paintings and drawings that were based on collages that I created, and they were uh, kind of a hit with some blogs that I had posted my work onto. So moved to San Francisco, and then I started getting gallery representation there. I had a solo show, and one thing led to another, and I started exhibiting my work um, in galleries in Los Angeles and New York and San Francisco and London. So I was just really focused on my exhibition career, you know, painting full-time and showing my work all over the place, which is really fun. Exciting. And then last year, my husband and I moved back to Michigan for his job. He got a really great job offer. And we also um, had some family needs to come back to. So uh, we moved back into our house here. When I was out in California, I had always loved to go shopping at the Creative Reuse Centers out there. Uh, They're home to the oldest ones in the country, I think. So um, it's just such a fun place to be, and I just really love the vibe, and I really love the way that they were caring for the environment while being creative and focused on sustainability and um, environmental awareness. And that was something that I felt was really lacking in my art practice. You know, I painted about nature and animals and my love for nature, but I felt removed. You know, I just, it, it wasn't active enough for me. So, I always daydream, like, well, if we move back to Grand Rapids, I don't have my own creative reuse store. So we moved back in the summer, and then some life things happened, and uh, my husband lost his father, who I was also very close to. Oh, I'm so sorry. Creative. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, he was he was an awesome, awesome guy. He was very creative. He's an artist himself, and really nurtured my creativity, and really good um, with reusing and repurposing things, and so. You know, it's one of those times when you just reflect on what you want your life to be. And I decided, you know, that I'm going to take steps to see if I can make it happen. So I just started meeting with all kinds of people in the community. I was just constantly, like, emailing and calling people, asking if I could grab lunch and tell them my idea. And so did that until June when I took a tour at the Geek Group, which was recommended to me by a friend and took the tour, had no idea about this place, was really amazed. And then at the end of the tour, um, Chris Bowden, the president, comes out and does a Q&A. So I had told him my idea and that I was looking for, you know, uh, an organization to partner with because it's such a big undertaking. You know, I didn't want to try to do it all on my own. So he really took to the idea, thought about it. We emailed for a couple days, and then two days later I came into the space and he had decided that he was going to dedicate a room that was kind of acting as a catch-all space and give that to me and, yeah, let me not only open the store but open an arts and crafts department here, which uh, 
wasn't really happening. So I was uh, shocked, amazed, and went ahead. Before you came on board, it uh, it did seem like it had definitely been more toward the technology industrial kind of thing as opposed to, Mm -hmm. um, and there were plenty of crafty people floating around the place. But it sounds, oh, yeah. like, it sounds like you're really anchoring that now for them. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a beautiful integration of arts now with the science and technology because and the creative reuse because it's just kind of like it just adds this whole new dimension, you know, like the technology and the machining and wood shop and everything. Those are so useful. But now, you know, you can find some like manufactured scraps that I have and cut some shapes with the laser cutter with them or you know you can just you can do so much more with the tools that are available here with the things that that I have. So have you been able to do some experimentation with the things you have in the shop and kind of take them out and go hang with the makers and try to make some stuff have you had even time to try anything out like that? Not very much but right now I'm actually focusing on a project my first project I'll be using the laser cutter so I've used one before when I lived in San Francisco I actually had a membership to tech shop out there which is a different kind of maker space but um yeah I'm just getting my hands dirty a little bit that's cool so what are you trying to make can you share any uh, tidbits of what you're working on well it's going to be a tool I'm going to be making pom-pom templates Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it going to be a tool that people can use to make pom-poms? Yeah. So are you making those out of wood? Well, I'm going to try different materials. So I have like some old book covers that I thought might be fun to try it out on and cardboard and different things. So um, we'll see. If people have a membership to the geek group, does that entitle them to anything special over in the craft section? Yes. Well, you get to use our sewing machines, embroidery machines, and a serger that we have, and all of our tools. So we have scissors and glue guns and knives, box cutter knives for cutting things, and um, a, a whole range of studio supplies that are available for use. Yeah, that's it so far, but more will develop. This. Well, it's not, yeah, you, and you've only been open for, when was the exact date that you opened? Two weeks. Um, it was September 23rd. What are you hoping to do now in your new role as someone who's going to be kind of a tour guide for other people that are kind of putting their toe in the water? I definitely want to inspire people and give people ideas. And, you know, I'll hold your hand. I want you to feel comfortable. Like, it's it's such kind of a tragedy that I see it so often. I, I didn't believe it at first, but a lot of people just feel this kind of paralysis around being creative and they just say, oh, well, I could never be an artist or I can't draw a straight line. <laughs> I just pictures. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't give me that. Let's, you know, there is the medium that you will like to work with. And it's not like to make an incredible work of art that everyone's gonna, you know, cry over or something. It just, you need, like, it's a physically gratifying, mentally gratifying, healthy act to create just for the sake of it. So I really want to facilitate that. And I think, you know, once people get comfortable with playing around with arts and crafts supplies and feeling what it does for them, then they'll become more open to newer kinds of arts that maybe they didn't feel comfortable looking at or thinking about or talking about before because they weren't really engaged in the artistic process themselves. Right. But once that for them, you know, then 
your mind can open and you can, you know, look at a big abstract painting and appreciate it maybe in a new way, whereas before you might just think, oh, I could do that or my kid could do that. Well, I want to enlighten everyone, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And so it sounds like Wednesday nights are the nights that things are happening for as far as workshops go. Right. So far, yep, I um, I wanted to to have a weekly workshop from the get-go. Um, I'm really inspired by Scrap in San Francisco, like I mentioned before, and they do a lot of great workshops, and I love to do so many different processes in both fine art and craft, so it's a good chance for me to be able to um, work in all different mediums and be together with people as they experiment and play around with them, too. So, yep, every Wednesday I'm going to have a different theme. And then I'm sure I'll repeat ones that I want to repeat and that people want to see. So, Is there any charge for this? Do people have to pay to, to go on a Wednesday? Yep, so it goes from 6 to 8-ish. And materials are included, instructions included. So you just show up and create. And so it's $20 for one person. But if you bring um, one or more friends, they're only $10 a piece. So you can kind of like uh, bring your buddies and get a discount. Do people have to call ahead to reserve a space or do they just show up? I definitely would appreciate an email to, uh, yeah, just just to let me know that you're coming so I can make sure I have enough supplies prepared for everyone. So it sounds like this is really a labor of love for you, that this is something that, you know, you seem to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I'm still very invested in my own artwork and making my own work is uh, necessary for me to live. Right, <laughs> um, right. And, but, you know, I I wanted a new aspect and I, I wanted to do something that was facilitating creativity for others and just working together because, you know, being in one studio painting away all day every day is, is wonderful, but it can get lonely. I want to switch it up and engage with people more and, and make some fun stuff happen and then go back to my studio and you know, enjoy that time more fully. Well, I think it's it's interesting, too, because you definitely strike me as someone who fully embraces art and craft. There are a lot of fine artists, and you've probably met some of them, who really do not like any reference to being called a crafter. They really, they, they've gone to school for art and they are, have refined skills and they it's kind of insulting sometimes. How do you feel about that, you know, and how people sometimes draw that line between the two things? It can come down to even gender issues where craft has always been associated with, with women's art, um, which has been less valued throughout time. You know, it just goes back to history where women were not allowed to take fine art classes. They weren't allowed to draw the figures. They weren't allowed to paint, or few of them were. So we stayed at home and, you know, worked with needles and threads and made these gorgeous, gorgeous things for the home. And, you know, there was a different approach to it. It came from um, family and um, love, which is incredible. But viewed from the patriarchal system, (laughs) not as valuable as, you know, a a genius painter, which tended to be men. So that's a whole big issue um, that I think a lot of people don't maybe think about. And it just needs to be recalculated and reconsidered because it's just all perception. 
And I think people who get insulted if their work is called craft and they just need to look at themselves and see why they feel so upset about it. You know, <laughs> right. it's kind of insecurity yeah. maybe. <laughs> right. But I, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a painter and I'm a drawer. That's just, those are my degrees and, and that's been my career. But after a while, it takes a different frame of mind to, for me to work in painting and drawing than to say crochet and knit, which I do for a different reason. And it satisfies different parts of me. So, and then maybe I want to make a puppet and, you know, mess around with googly eyes and glitter. And you know what, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be wonderful. And, and, and I just embrace it because it's great. So it sounds like you're going to be just a wonderful resource in the community for people to come in and ask questions. Uh, I can see art students picking your brain about a lot of things. and But then also someone who has a passion for just inspiring people to, to give things a try, you know, and not to freak out if they haven't tried something before. And are you selling things by the bag or by the individual item? How are things priced in your shop? Because I am just opening in us in a small room right now Mm -hmm. I don't have the capacity to sell by the bag and like hold that much material so I'm starting with um, smaller quantities so in lieu of um, selling by the bag which I um, hope and plan to do in the future after I can expand things are like cheap by the piece or I'll have small bags of things so you know I have um, things that are from one cent a piece up to 49 cents a piece so there are things that are five cents a piece or two cents or a quarter so um that's it and then you know i have things like bolts of fabric that would be eight dollars i have canvases yeah things are pretty individually priced for now or in small packages it's a saving grace for those folks and they have the peace of mind of knowing okay i can donate it but are there any other benefits beyond peace of mind that come with donating to your organization Yes, I am part of the Geek Group, which is a nonprofit. We're a 501c3, so you can receive a tax deductible receipt for your donation. So okay, excellent. You just need your information, and we don't offer a like like a little sheet like the thrift store does, but we will need your address, name, I think phone number, email. And then at the end of the year, you'll get an email that has that information that you'll need for your taxes. And another uh, way to receive a benefit from donating is in the form of your time. If um, And this goes for the entire geek group as well. If um, someone volunteers for 15 hours a month, you get a free membership to the geek group, which includes the arts and crafts department. So in that way, you could volunteer for me is what I need and then you can come in when you want to and use the table saw or the band saw or the laser printer or the 3D printer, the laser cutter and 3D printer and sewing machine, etc. which is a pretty awesome benefit. And are there additional charges to use any of those things beyond the membership? Some things yes, some things no. So in my department, like say for example if you're using the embroidery machine, if you're going to be 
just doing something very small. We just need to replace the thread for okay. other people. Right. So you so, don't want to go in there and like um, use up all the thread and be like, hey, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, you know, I still have to establish what the, the price will be for patches because I'm still learning how to use the machines myself. I see a, a restocking fee for your um, embroiders. So, you know, you could come in and crank out 50 things for your whole family if you wanted to, but, you know, you just have to. There would be a small price for that. And then on other machines, like in the machine shop, the CNC machines, I might be wrong, but I think they're maybe $40 an hour, which is um, great as compared to like $500 an hour. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> They've actually made so many things affordable and accessible to the public, which is really just amazing. So far, have you had people kind of by word of mouth trickling in? I mean, what are people saying about what you're doing? It's been a nice mixture of... So I just had some people who walk down the street every day just come in and say like, oh, I've seen stuff going on in the window. What's happening here to, you know, friends of mine and friends of friends of mine who want to come in and see what's going on. So it's all been great so far. You know, I've definitely met some interesting people and uh, the geek group is home to a lot of scientific people and computer nerds and the like. Everyone knows someone who's creative in some way. A, a lot of it is like, oh, you know, my grandma makes doilies or, you know, everybody has a story to share if they're not directly creating. But then also today, Steve from the electronics department came up and he needed to do some sewing because he's replacing some animatronic part of a, a teddy bear for for. <laughs> old friend of his so I'm like you know we all connect i will help you spread the word that you're there and your hours are looks like tuesday through friday 11 to 6 and then saturday 11 to 2 yes unless i post otherwise so that'll be mostly that i'm gonna you know because i'm a, a one girl show right now basically right, right. um you know i have other obligations that come up but i do my best to be there then if not i'll post it on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be out there, but then, yeah, those are the hours. Okay. So. And on on Instagram, if people want to find you on Instagram, who should they follow? Wise Maker of the Geek Group. All underscores between the, the words. Are you looking for other aside from just supplies? Are you guys also looking to? increase the you know sewing machines and weaving looms i mean are you interested in all kinds of things spinning wheels i mean do you want to expand the tools that you have available for people to use there yeah definitely um and i'll I'll, I'll take whatever i can get and we'll we'll use whatever we can use and have out yeah I'll, i'll rotate if possible i have a little space where i can put extra stuff but i would love to get a wider diversity of tools for people to use because you know that's that's half of it right there. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want people to know about uh, this adventure that you're on right now? Um, yeah, well, a couple of details I remembered. So more about the membership. Um, if people are members, then they can come in and use everything. Obviously. Now, how much, if I can interrupt you for one second, how much is a membership to the Geek Group? A lot of people get a, a monthly membership, which is $40 a month. Um, or if you just want a day membership, if you're not, uh, ready to commit to a full month, it's $10. Um, you, can, you can come in for the whole day for just $10. Yeah, and if you want to just work in the arts and crafts department, 
uh, for just like an hour or something and you're not a member, it would just be like $5. So, you know, and, and materials, we have, we have a good amount of materials to use. So, so are you looking for volunteers also to help teach things? Yeah, I, I'm definitely um, looking for people who can come in and share their skills and, and teach a workshop or, you know, if they want to teach me how to do something so that I can help people. And I've had um, a couple of people come in who already have amazing skills that I want to glean. Um, a man just across the street who lives above Freewheeler, he's an incredible hat maker, and he makes his hats from reclaimed leather and wool, and they're gorgeous. And so, um, yeah, I definitely want this to be a place for people to come and, and share their skills and teach to others. Are there any other paid positions at your location right now? Not at the moment, but in time, there definitely will be, just because we're just brand new and I'm just figuring out how this whole game works. But, um, yeah, after, you know, I get the, the workshop system in place and we have some regular attendance, I definitely plan to pay the, the artist teachers who come in. As more people buy things, you know, which will keep this, this whole train moving, um, I need materials in, materials out, and we start creating some income, then that money can help to support people who just start out as volunteers working, and, and we'll be able to pay them. It sounded like you came back in part for some family reasons, but was it always your intention to land back in, in West Michigan? I really love the West Coast. That's kind of my spiritual home. But West Michigan is, is really a wonderful place. You know, they're, the people here are just genuine and real, and that's not something you find everywhere, especially in, in big cities like I spent um, a good amount of time in. And it's the natural beauty is so wonderful, you know, I mean, that's what helped me start on this whole journey of really wanting to do what I can to help the environment while being creative. It's just, you know, I spent a lot of time out in the woods here and at the lakes and beaches and um, just, I go down to Riverside Park every day and just, I'm so grateful for it. So it's a beautiful place with really wonderful people and um, no, I, I do love it a lot. I'm really grateful to be here. Thanks so much again for your time at the short notice. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you to agree to do an interview on on the fly like this. So thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, a special thanks to Kelly for sharing her story. I really appreciate it. We did this interview kind of at the last second. So she was very cool about accommodating my last minute interview and what is very inspiring. I didn't get to spend as much time with her as I would have liked because I was on a very tight deadline, but it was really fun to visit her shop inside the geek group and see how she has set things up in a very organized way. It's You walk in and you can see where everything is. I know a lot of times people think that, you know, when something's a thrift shop situation or scraps are available, sometimes they're if they're not presented in an organized way, it can be so overwhelming. Well, Kelly's got it down. She's got things very organized. I think she had some helpers work with her to get things just so, and it really is a place that has a tremendous potential. There's a lot of natural light coming in the windows, so it's really a cool place to go meet other like-minded crafters and creative types and also you know have conversations with Kelly about fine art and how you could get a leg up as an artist so she really is a wonderful resource that's available right there at this creative reuse shop 
I encourage locals to go check it out and pop into a workshop if you can. And if you're listening from somewhere in a far off place, you can check out Kelly's work. I will post some links to both the Geek Group and Kelly's personal artwork And you can have a look over there and hopefully get really inspired because this is really an awesome opportunity to think about how things can be repurposed. And also, I think it's a good wake-up call for all of us who are stepping around piles or bulging closets full of stuff. If we're not using it, it's probably in our way if it's just sitting there. So uh, I'd like to create some more floor space in my office here. I'm sitting in a messy office filled with stuff. Not all of it is going to be used by me in this lifetime, we got to be realistic about this. Kelly does have a special request. If you're going to make a donation to the Wisecraft, she'd just like to get an email ahead of time, and that's kelly at thegeekgroup.org. So if you could just give her a heads up about what you have and what you're bringing so she can make sure that something, A, she has room for it, and B, it is something that she wishes to stock and resell to other crafters in the community. So we want to make sure that we're not burying her in stuff that she can't use. So we should all just send a message, let her know, hey, I'm planning to stop by. This is what I have. And then she can give us the green light to bring that stuff over. Also a special thanks to my Patreon sponsors and the kind folks over at acshomeandwork.com. As you know, this is a place where I buy tea towels to do my printmaking on. I feel like I'm talking about this pretend printmaking that I'm doing because I've been so busy podcasting that I haven't had time to post any recent pictures of printmaking. So I now can walk downstairs without totally wincing, not back to 100% yet, but I am wearing two matching shoes, which I am very thrilled about. I'm hoping in a couple weeks to be able to try to do a light jog. Not quite there yet. I now can actually get to my printmaking studio in the basement. So Yes, and I have all these tea towels from ACS Home and Work sitting there, neatly folded, ready for me to print on them, and I am very excited about that. Sample ACS products at Red Door, which is located at 6837 Lake Michigan Drive in Allendale Charter Township, and this is an ACS outlet, so they have some discounted things that they offer, and also it's a pickup location, so if you order flower sack tea towels and other goods, from their website or by calling on the phone, you can avoid shipping costs just by picking them up. So that's very cool. I have a link on my website over at craftsanity.com. I'll have links to all of Kelly's projects and her artwork. I'll also have a link to ACS Home and Work so you can check that out. It really is gratifying to have people who support this show and help me keep it going because like many of you, I know how challenging it is to scramble doing a variety of jobs. Being able to squeeze time in to do a podcast and now actually not have to have it totally cost me money. The fact that I have people helping me pay for my web hosting fees and equipment and my mileage driving to go interview people when I go in person and just all the time that my husband spends editing as well. If you have an idea for an upcoming show or there's someone you want to hear from, by all means, send me an email, jennifer at craftsanity.com, and I will do my best to work your idea or suggestion into the mix. I do appreciate that. I know a lot has changed with podcasting since I got started. It used to be that a lot of people would leave comments on the site, and I felt like I had a dialogue. I'm kind of feeling like I don't have that so much anymore. I know I rarely leave comments on people's sites, so I get it. 
if you do have something you want to say, by all means, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I sometimes feel like I'm talking to myself. I know I'm not because I get the download stats and I know people are listening out there, but don't let this be a one-way conversation. Definitely feel that you can talk to me and respond and uh, share your story because here's the thing. Every single one of you listening has a story. Sometimes that overwhelms me, that concept, because I can walk through a sports stadium or be at a concert or walking through a craft store and everywhere I look, I see a person and I'm always wondering, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what they make. I wonder what they're all about. We all have stories to tell and I'd love to help more of you tell yours. So get in touch if you have something that you want to share. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that's jennifer at craftsanity.com. That's the best way to reach me. And I think I have gone on long enough here. I have another column to write today, and I am on the hamster wheel, folks. I never really step off, it seems, these days. So I am going to get back to work on the next project, and it's looking lovely outside, so I think I'm going to have to sneak outside in between some of these other things I have to do today. I hope you guys have a great week. I will be back next week with another podcast, and I will give you a little preview. Next week, we're going to talk about macrame. Yes, macrame. I'm actually um, completely addicted to macrame. My addiction started about a week ago (laughs) and it is really fun. I absolutely love it. And we're going to talk about how macrame has made quite the comeback. And we're going to talk to a Grand Rapids artist who is helping to bring it back. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. But in the meantime, just remember to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at craftsanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at craftsanity.etsy.com. Mm-hmm.